Thank you for tuning us in once again here at First Love Ministries with the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois on this February 26, 2023. Reverend Jonathan Warren's sermon is titled, Wilderness. Our liturgist for today is Amy McCombs. Our special music is a song titled, How Deep the Father's Love. And it is performed by the Chancel Choir. The first scripture reading comes to us from Romans 5, 12 through 19. And the gospel reading is taken from Matthew 4, 1 through 11. We pray here at First Love Ministries that all is well in your family, both spiritually and physically. God bless until we meet again on another Sunday. The scripture reading is from Romans 5, 12 through 19. Let us listen to the word of God. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned, sin was indeed in the world before the law, but sin is not reckoned when there is no law. Yet death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died through the one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift in the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. And the free gift is not like the effect of the one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. If because of the one man's trespass, death exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. For just as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I've had that song on my playlist for years, How Deep the Father's Love, and I think about it, how nice would this song be sung during Lent? And our choir has just sung it. And I encourage you to find that song, put it on your playlist if you have a device, and those words are powerful, how deep the Father's love for us. I will not boast of anything but Christ. Our scripture reading for this morning is Matthew 4, beginning with the first verse. As Jesus is in the wilderness, let's listen to the word of God. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In middle school, I picked my scout troop based on one campout alone, the Wilderness Survival Campout. It might not sound that impressive to folks from Jacksonville, but for a kid from the suburbs of Chicago, knowing he'd have to kill a live chicken, that's what got me to join. (laughs) Over the years, it changed. Instead of live chickens, they'd give older scouts only the basics to survive, a knife, a sleeping bag, flint and steel, a little food and water. We had to make our own shelters to survive the below freezing temperatures. I remember one of my friends couldn't get his fire started, so he ended up eating his ramen noodles uncooked. It wasn't good, but he survived. A wilderness survival campout was a really neat thing for us suburban kids. And I always wondered, if I was thrown out in the middle of nowhere, could I actually survive? I might be an Eagle Scout, but I'm pretty sure I couldn't. (laughs) I mean, I'd want to have a few friends around me with some hunting skills and the knowledge of making fire without matches, have to know where the clean water source is. It's hard to do that. Then when I was in college, a new reality TV show came out called Survivor, and I was hooked. Survivor's the kind of show that people don't want to brag about watching, except for me. I've watched every single episode of every single season. This spring marks the 44th season of Survivor and premieres this Wednesday. 
So that's what you know I'll be doing on Wednesday. I've thought about auditioning, but it's more than just wilderness survival. It's cutthroat, and people have to lie and cheat and vote each other out. So I stay on my couch imagining that I could outwit, outplay, and outlast. In today's scripture reading, we meet Jesus, who's led into the wilderness, and Jesus has a different kind of survival experience. He's fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and at the end of it, he's famished. And then he's tempted by Satan. One pastor reminds us that the actual geographical location of the wilderness is less important than its theological location. The wilderness has deeper connections to the history of Israel, Abraham and Sarah, Joseph and Moses. They all spent time in the wilderness. And then the nation of Israel spends 40 years in the desert. Elijah had a mental breakdown and fled to the wilderness and then fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Now, to make this story more interesting and relatable, at least to me, I want us to imagine this Bible scene on the hit reality show Survivor. It's the season finale, and the last two contestants are before the jury, with each playing very, two very different games. There's Satan, who's been cutthroat. He's always been one step ahead of everyone else, planting what he calls a deception seed. This deception seed leads contestants to paranoia and backstabbing each other. He knows how to lie, cheat, and steal without anyone realizing it. He's taken out others without them having any idea that he was behind it. And then there's Jesus, who's played a solid game. He's created solid alliances by assembling a team of underdogs. He's built trust and hasn't ever had to lie or cheat to get this far in the game. Jesus has never been on the chopping block, but each in his alliance couldn't escape Satan's deception seeds. And somehow Jesus has evaded Satan's first two deceptions. He hasn't received any awards, so he's hungry and he's famished. Right before the final vote from the jury, Satan threw Jesus his last and most convincing seeds of deception. And on live television, for the first time in Survivor history, Jesus gives it all away. He left the show, which ultimately revealed Satan's deception and lies. And in resisting Satan's temptation, he gives up the million-dollar prize. Now, as one scholar reminds us, it's easy to turn Jesus' wilderness experience, this fierce landscape of temptation, into something akin to Disney's Jungle Boat Cruise. My goal isn't to cheapen Jesus' wilderness experience. The truth is, in Scripture, the wilderness, this space, the wilderness, it's a place of testing and trial but it's also the place where God's presence is revealed. While the wilderness is challenging, terrifying, and inhospitable, it is also a place of God's abundant grace. Israel stumbled and whined in the wilderness, but they also tasted God's provision through manna and water. And Jesus, too, in this story, after all of it, after those 40 long days and 40 nights, after those... uh, Three deceptions from Satan, his temptations. The angels come to him 
making to Jesus God's presence known. In one commentary, Anna Case Winters carefully looks at the translation of if you are the Son of God and says it could be translated this way, since you are the Son of God, proving that Jesus' identity isn't being questioned here. Instead, it's calling Jesus to explore its implication and how he'll live into his identity. As he faces each temptation, will he take a position of privilege Will he be protected from the vulnerability of his humanity? Will he gain power over all the kingdoms of the world? Since you are the Son of God, Jesus doesn't evoke power, strength, or privilege. He claims his vocation as the suffering Messiah, broken in every way, even until death. While I might never audition or make it on the show Survivor, I do face times in the wilderness. In fact, we all face time in the wilderness, a place of spiritual drought, deep hunger, heartache, and struggle, a place where we're tempted with seeds of deception. But you and I are not alone, for Jesus is with us, helping us to resist temptation he has been here. And every year in Lent, we take a journey into this wilderness, which helps prepare us for those difficult times in life. Even during challenge and an inhospitable climate of temptation, the wilderness is a place of where we can see God's provision. A woman named Regina Brett experienced God's peace in her own wilderness after she was diagnosed with breast cancer, Regina says she was consumed with fear. Deep in my gut, I was terrified, she says. The lump had grown so fast, and as I waited for the lab results, the lump seemed to grow larger with each day passing. At first, it seemed to be big as an almond and the size of a walnut half, then a whole one. Maybe I was just going nuts. I couldn't turn down the fear swirling around in my head. As she was mulling over her diagnosis, Regina says she got a mysterious gift. It came in such a deep way that she knew it was a holy moment. Late one night as she was driving home, she found herself lost on a dark, winding road. She says it was almost midnight, and I was an hour from home, the trees grew close to the road, and the fog rolled in from the river, hiding the way out, and I slowed to a crawl. And suddenly, deer appeared all around me. I was driving in the middle of a herd of deer. I had to go five miles an hour so I wouldn't hit any of them. They took their time, meandering around my car, leisurely strolling across the road. Peace emanated through me. I sat in complete darkness, silence. All the noise was gone, and this quiet acted like a great eraser. It took away the confusion and the fear and the endless chatter in my brain, and this drive became a prayer. Somehow I knew in that moment 
I would be okay, even if the lump was cancer. Never forgotten the gift of those deer, the gift of that silent night, the gift of that peace. Gina says, I've discovered that the best way to turn down the noise is to turn up the quiet. As we enter Lent, we are entering the wilderness. Some of us have been in the wilderness or are in the wilderness right now. Probably doesn't look like a reality TV show could be full of deception and drama. It might be a medical diagnosis or the loss of a loved one. We each face different challenges and struggles. But Jesus' example teaches us about how to make it through this wilderness. And we can learn to be firm in the knowledge of who we are, whose we are, to turn down the noise, and to turn up the quiet. And in the wilderness, to live into the peace and presence of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational, and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org That's office at F-I-R-S-T P-R-E-S J-A-X dot O-R-G Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S, Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night. And we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you. Either by email, mail, or phone. God bless. And may you have a peaceful and safe year.